Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Art of Fulfillment, a meditation for millennials podcast. In this podcast series, we are speaking with people who are fulfilled in their everyday lives to help us really discover how to really achieve the thing that we are most looking for in life, which is fulfillment. All right, now this episode was one of my favorites that I have done so far because the person who we spoke with in this episode just gave so much wisdom and so much insight into not only her life, but how to really live a meaningful life, not just in the work that you do, but all the things outside of work too. And I went into this episode thinking that a lot of her fulfillment was going to be around what she did for a living, which is obstacle course racing, but it turned out that a lot of her fulfillment came from the things outside of her work. So a lot of great perspectives here and a lot of practical insight that you can implement in your own lives to help you become more fulfilled. Our guest today is Faye Stenning. She is a professional obstacle course racer whose talent and grit has earned her a place as one of the best obstacle course racers in the world. Starting her athletic career as a runner in junior high school, Faye developed a fascination with pushing herself through uncomfortable situations so that she could reach higher levels of performance. This allowed her to be a nationally top-ranked runner at such a young age and develop a strong discipline like no other. As she continued to run in high school and then college, she started to hit a bit of a wall as running became less of an enjoyment as it once was. But then she discovered obstacle course racing, and everything changed. As she continuously dominated each Spartan race that she did, her love for the sport grew even more as it gave her a deep sense of fulfillment. In 2016, she quit her corporate full-time job to become a full-time obstacle course racer. And it paid off as she became the number one ranking Spartan athlete in the world rankings and the number two ranking Spartan athlete in the Spartan NBC championship rankings. This year, she finished fourth in the Spartan world championships, but she's determined to become the next Spartan world champion. On top of all this, she runs an online coaching business that helps runners and obstacle course racers take their training and performance to the next level. This woman is the definition of hard work, grit, and most of all, fulfillment. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Face standing. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks for coming on the show, Faye. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So why I think you're such a great guest for the show is that you're doing something that fulfills you for a living, which is obstacle course racing. So my question is, how did you find obstacle course racing? And what was it like when you knew that this was something that you wanted to continue to pursue for the rest of your life or for at least a long time? Because a lot of young adults now, I feel, are stressed and they feel lost because they haven't found that thing. So um, I think it'd be a a good illustration to uh, paint for them if you described in your experience of how you found OCR. Yeah, so I kind of just stumbled across obstacle course racing. It was actually my ex-boyfriend that wanted to do one. And back in Canada, I just kind of jumped into, I think it was the Red Deer Spartan race. And Honestly, it just started off as like, I didn't want to do anything competitively. I was very burnt out. 
um, of being an athlete kind of my whole life and all through university. And I just kind of, but I also kind of missed being fit. So it was just kind of something that was just sort of, I thought was silly and goofy and like a fitness challenge more than, um, a more than like, um, an actual sport. Um, so we did this and we, him and I traveled around, um, just doing these fun little races. And it wasn't until, um, you know, I was in, I think Las Vegas and I was starting to beat like Rose Wetzel and those superstars at the time that I was actually approached, um, by Robert Koble, who, um, was like, you're like a freak and you should like focus on this. And, you know, there's actual pros in the sport and Reebok, I think was on board and all this stuff. And, um, that was kind of exciting. Um, but I didn't really think too much of it then. I was like, you can't really, really make a living out of this sport. Um, and then a year later, I got signed on the pro team in 2016. And I basically had no choice. I was kind of like, I kind of had to leave in order to fulfill that contract and go to all these races. I didn't have enough vacation with my job. So it was kind of like. I thought it was pretty cool to kind of use it as an excuse to just like ditch the job because I had to show up con contractually. I had to like show up to all these races. Um, so I, yeah, I actually asked my boss, which was like, it was, a, it was a crazy thing to ask him. I basically asked him at like, this is a massive oil and gas company in Canada. And I asked him for a four month leave of absence to go do a mud running series basically, and then come back and expect my job back. Um, I did not expect him to say yes. Um, and this is something I always like live by. Um, and maybe I live too much by this kind of rule, but I'm like, if you don't ask, you don't get, so I will ask for everything. <laughs> and sometimes that's probably not the best way to do it, but yeah, I just, I had, a you know, I gave him a case and told him what I was doing and I had this contract and I want to go do this for four months. So that's what I did. And then I came back to work after four months of doing the U.S. Championship Series. And at that time, I had done well, obviously, because I had nothing else to do but run all day. And, yeah, I lived a, a professional athlete for four months. And then I came back to the corporate world. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting at my desk one day and, like, I'm getting offers through a few sponsors and it was kind of like, oh, this sponsor is going to give me this amount of money and this one's going to give me this. And so I'm kind of like piecing these little sums of money together and I'm kind of like, shit, I can live off this. So I remember going to my mom and showing her like how I was financially going to support myself. And she looked at the numbers as did my dad and my sister and everyone in my family and said, shit, I guess you can you can leave your job. And so I left and yeah, it's been, it's been awesome, but, um, it's, you know, it, it's not easy all the time. I mean, it, there's definitely in order to support yourself off mud running, um, you know, the pace up and down and it's a constant grind and you have to think about being creative. And that's why I started coaching business and stuff like that. So, um, I wouldn't say that I'm so delusional in the fact that I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Um, you know, but, um, yeah, it's been really, really fun so far. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And it's, it's cool how you just stumbled upon this thing, right? It's not like, you know, you were like, Oh, like I'm going to go into this and maybe it's something I'll like really like for a living. Like you just kind of like went into that, that first race that you did just thinking, eh, hey, like whatever. And then it just kind of 
started to pique an interest in you. And I think in life, that's that's how things happen, right? It's all about right. the opportunity, like meeting, you know, just the willingness to go out and explore different things. And then also, like, one thing that I really liked about your answer, too, is that, you know, you said it's it's great to be in the sport professionally, but, you know, it has its ups and downs and it's, you know, you have to really grind and work hard and keep developing your skills and so on and so forth. And you are someone who really likes to push yourself through like discomfort. So like when those times get tough, you know, what are the things that you either like tell yourself or the things that you do that help you to really push through those tough moments? Because I think a lot of people in life, you know, or I know a lot of people in life will face really tough moments in their life. And uh, sometimes it can be really tough to get through. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just sort of think, I guess when I'm having a hard time, I think being, or when anyone's having a hard time, just having a grasp on sort of the, 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 the fact that usually your hard time, like it comes and it goes and it's just like a small portion of your week or a small portion of your month or, or even, even if it lasts for a year that like you're, that's just life. Like you're going to go through ups and downs and trying to, um, you know, stay positive through those moments, but also try and figure out maybe what you're going to learn and what, what you're going to take from this hard time. That's going to be a useful skill and that you're going to become stronger and a better either person or athlete or mother or um, career person from this hard time. So I kind of like to look at the hard times as more of um, challenges than anything else. And I mean, it's hard to always be so positive all the time, but um you know, I think that's like really important. I think having a good attitude is probably like the most, one of the most important skills that you can have as, as a person. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, and it's so true that it's so tough to be positive all the time, right? Because we're human. And if we were happy all of our time, like our face would just hurt, right? Like, so yeah, exactly. And not to say that you need to walk around and be like, I'm having a great day. Like I'm not phased by this. Like I'm so tough. Not to say that I walk around like that. Like I have really shitty days sometimes. And like, I will go to my boyfriend and he's like, how, how are you doing? I'm like, not good. And that's not being like, yes, that's being negative, but like you, you can be like, I'm not doing good, but I know tomorrow is going to be a better day. Like you don't have to ignore the fact that you're in a bad mood or you had a bad day. Like you don't want to walk around with like, kind of like everything's good all the time because that's just not realistic. Like accepting the fact that you're in a, maybe a shitty part of your life, but being hopeful that you're going to kind of dig yourself out of this hole and actively making changes to do so. So I, one thing I like to do is if I'm like in a bad situation, like I write down, like, what is it about this situation that I don't like and how am I going to change it? And then sort of focus on the solutions, um, instead of just pouting about it. Yeah. I love that. I love that because it's, it's when you focus so much on the problem, it seems to kind of trap you in it, right? Because you're not thinking of there's like a way out or something. Cause when you're too engrossed in the problem and not the solution, you almost like believe that there's no way out. But when you think about the solution, then there's a possibility. It's like, oh, like I can get out of this, right? So I think that's yeah. a really awesome point there. And like kind of following up from that, like I know in 2017, you, you kind of had uh, like a rougher year um, and, and you know, you had some like overtraining and, you know, some difficult parts, but like in the um, 
recent ESPN special with uh, the Mountain Series that they were covering for Spartan Race, you had an interview in there, and you said that you know this like right now is one of the happiest you've ever been in your life. So I think that's a great illustration of how tough times will come in our life, but at the end of the day, we can we will have better times and happier times. So that I think is awesome. And kind of leading on, you know, that part in your life in 2017, like what were some things that you pulled out of that situation or that tough, those tough times that have really helped you to be in the place of happiness and fulfillment that you are now? Yeah. I mean, I think you got to sort of like step back and kind of realize like sort of what's really important in life. And a lot of times, like, we get so obsessed with like our goals and it's like, I want to, you know, beat this person or I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to break 40 minutes in the 10 K and you kind of like get, and everyone kind of, especially people in the fitness world and especially professional athletes push this sort of thought of like, um, at all costs, like you got to do it at all costs. And I think that's just like a really harmful message. Um, so I think that you need to like, realize that it's a sport it's a race it's your hobby and that it, it can't you can't make it bigger than it is um so I've like really tried to like step back and like kind of just um look at obstacle course racing as exactly what it is it's a sport slash a job for me and not let it take priority over what's actually important in my life and it's really simple for me to do that because it's like really the simple things are really important. Like my relationship with my boyfriend, with my family, with my friends, just getting up in the morning and being healthy enough and have enough money in my wallet to go, you know, walk down the street and grab a coffee and go out for brunch with my friends and, and be, have enough money saved that I can go traveling. Like it's sort of just like, though, that's the important stuff. Like and I try and ground myself and, and remember that if those things are going well, I will race well. You're not going to race well if you're, the rest of your life is a shit show. So I think that's what I've been kind of focusing on the last year is have a, a healthy, stable life. And then I'll race faster and better and also with a lot more um, with a lot more fight and preventing burnout in the season because you can't just think about day in and day out your training and your eating like we're not robots and the point of life isn't to just have all these Spartan podiums. The point of life is to have a fulfilled life. Um, and a lot of times that's hard to forget when you're paid to win races and when you're paid by sponsors, but I try and keep things in check and that's really helped me, um, have a better life and also be more successful, um, race day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that because it's so true. Like you said, like even, even if for those who don't necessarily involve themselves in the obstacle course racing, it could be anything in regards to if you're not paying attention to the important things in life, then the thing that you're trying to really go after, whether it's your goals, whether it's, you know, your job or so on and so forth is going to suffer, right? If you, you can be a workaholic in your job and work like a hundred hours a week, but if you really value family and you're totally on the time spending with them, you're probably going to suffer your performance in your job, right? Like, so I think that's an awesome point that you said there. And like, do you think that you came to this realization because it was hit, like hitting that wall in those tough times? Or was it just something that after the fact, you kind of like look back and reflected or so on and so forth? Um, I just think like, 
trying to win races all the time just made me become like kind of a person that I just didn't really like. Like I was like, I wouldn't want to be friends with Faye. Like I really was like, she's like really irritable. She's really aggressive. She's spazzy. She freaks out like all the time. She's like, she's not she's not she doesn't compromise because she's always got to do her training on her time she's selfish like I was like these are traits that like I just I don't like and I know it was because I was just so hyper focused on one thing and I was so blinded by everything else around me and I just kind of decided like I don't really want to be that person anymore yeah it all starts with the decision right like I think it's it's huge to just sit there and just be like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like I'm not going to settle for anything less than like the life I deserve or something. Right? It could be something big like that or something specific in terms of I'm not going to be overweight anymore. I'm going to decide that I'm going to take chances and, and exercise more and eat better and so on and so forth. So I think it all starts with like the decision there. And speaking of like decisions, when you made that decision to leave the core world and pursue this, um, which is not like an easy choice. You know, what, like, I want to kind of pull from that experience is when people have to make tough decisions in their life, what would be something that you would advise them to do? Um, if someone feels like really stuck or, you know, they're, they're not sure if they're going to make the right decision, what would kind of your advice be for, for the person in that situation? I think just to, First of all, like when you're trying to make a decision, like go back to your values. And if you kind of have clear values and clear sort of a clear understanding of the person you want to be and the values you want to hold, like the decision will be a lot easier to make. Um, And yeah, like if that makes sense. But I just think like a lot of times, you know, decisions can be really, really challenging because people just don't really know what they want. Um, so I think sitting down and like figuring out like, what, what do you want at the end? If you were to die in the next five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, like what are things that you want to accomplish? And if you're not, if you're not working towards those things, well, there's really no, there's just, you're living kind of a pointless life. Um, because like, you know, a lot of these things in life, they're just, they're just sort of like made up. I, I kind of think a lot of things in life are just like made up like silly things. Like everything's just like a little bit silly. So if everything's silly, you might as well do something that you enjoy. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Right. Like why why waste your life going like doing something that doesn't align with your values or what you truly like want to do in life? Because and and it's it's tough because a lot of people like they, they get molded kind of by society, right? Thinking like you have to go to college, you have to get like a corporate job, like you have to, you know, raise a family and, and do like this, right? It's like a kind of like a checklist that society gives us. And I think people don't question, they're like saying, is this what I really want to do? And it's it's something that always like breaks my heart whenever I see it. And um, but but I think going back to your point of reconciling with your values and what you are doing to carry out, uh, you know, decisions that are going to lead you towards really fulfilling your values, I think is like super important. And, and I think that is something that our listeners should really take note of and, and write down as like something that could help them. Um, so like kind of moving on to like, I want to like talk, talk a little bit about your coaching business. Um, because 
in there, I, I know that you're really involved with like setting up training plans and so on and so forth, but is there anything that you do in terms of helping the athletes with mindset and, and attitude and performance? Because you said like attitude's huge. And I was wondering, like, do you coach people on that aspect as well as the physical? Yeah, like absolutely. Um, I mean, I was just on a call with one of my athletes before this call and she was like, oh, I just like, I keep kind of like trying to get out of these Spartan races. It's like, I keep like signing up for them, but then like canceling and kind of making excuses. And I just don't know if I want to do them. And I was just like, okay, well, if you don't want to do them, then just like, don't do them. Like, what do you not like about them? She's like, ah, they heavy carries. I'm like, no one's telling you you need to do heavy carries. It's not like you, it's like you can do maybe the Spartan trail series, or maybe you can do tough mutter. Like, really trying to nail out like I, I think our, our most of the problem I have with our athletes or the problem sort of that they have is like they're so they feel like they have to do something and I always tell them like I have to show up at Florida because I have a contract that tells me I have to be there or I literally have to pay back money like this is supposed to be your hobby um, and figure out like why you're doing it. Like, don't forget. And they always say this in Spartan, like, don't forget your why. And I think that's so important. And we really, I think, challenge our athletes on, do you, do you want to do this? Like, is this training, is this racing making your life better or worse? Because I think Spartan is going to, for most people, 90% of people, it's going to better their life. I mean, they live more of an active um, life, they're healthier, they, the social network, it brings them the travel experience, but for some people, it, it might be a negative experience. They might have too much time away from their kids and, and it might financially burden them to a point that it becomes a stressor. So I think that it's important. And with our business, um, a lot of times like Jessica is my business partner and I are constantly asking our athletes like, well, like why, like why, why are you doing this? Why do you feel this way? And really pushing them to question themselves. And I think that's one of the skills like I have. And I think a lot of athletes and successful, even business people have, is they're able to like question themselves. Like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I doing that? Why, 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 why? Um, and some people need a coach to really kind of ask those questions. And so that's what we try and do. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely love that. And I totally try to live by that as much as I can in terms of asking, you know, why, what's my purpose? Like, why am I doing this? Especially when times get tough, right? Like you said, it's, it's, you gotta really have a reason that's going to compel you to go through those tough times. And I think it's really crucial to point out that, you know, you're helping uh, the athletes in that regard, right? Cause it, that's like training in terms of the mindset as opposed to just the physical stuff and, and knowing the why is something that has helped, you know, me get through tough times. And also I'm, I'm sure in, in your you know life too, because I think it's something that people don't ask themselves, right? You're, we're not really questioning our actions on a daily basis or even why we're pursuing some things. And I think there's a lot of self-awareness that comes from that. So I, I do really appreciate that answer. Um, and kind of like pulling from that one is, you know, why for you, like, do you want to be the next Spartan world championship, like what, or Spartan world champion? Like what, what is your why in that scenario? And how is the path of training for that goal, like really fulfilling? Because, you know, I've always believed that it's something, you know, you got to enjoy the process, not just the destination. And so for you, 
Like how is, how is the pursuit of that goal really fulfilling? Yeah. And, and I wouldn't really say that my goal is to be the world champion. Um, I, I just don't like having goals that I can't, they're kind of out of my control. And so what I mean by that is like me being the world champion is like really not in my control because there's other variables that I have no control over. Like there's Lindsay Webster's performance and Susanna's performance. So I like to like reframe goals. So they're a hundred percent in my hands. So I would say in terms of my athletic goals for the year, I would say, um, my goals are to a I have stick to a a plan a training plan and not veer away from it because I always try and sneak in extra workouts so kind of stick to a training plan trust the process and kind of to have the um, best performance I can while maintaining a balanced and fulfilling life um, and I'm quite aware that like being a world champion at this sport may be at the cost of a balance and fulfillment in other areas. So mm. I'm not sure if you can have it all, um, be a world champion at a sport and also at the end of the year say, Oh, I lived a really balanced life. I saw all my friends, my family, I started a business. I kept up with this and that and that, like really it takes dedication and sacrifice. And to be honest, I'm not the type of person that's going to sacrifice everything for the sport. Hence why I live in Manhattan. Um, but I, I will say that I'm going to give it, it like all I got with the resources that I have and with the time that I have and without it, you know, be without it to totally destroying me. And if I can pull it off and win, um, that way, great. Um, I mean, Cody Moat's done it before. I mean, he's got a job, he's got kids, he's got all this stuff. Um, but we'll see. So, so yeah, I think that to sum up a goal would just be, I'm going to just, um, try and have a better year each year, have a better year, but while still maintaining kind of who I am and, and the life that brings me the most happiness, even though it might not be the most conducive to a professional athlete. I mean, I still like, like to go out and drink wine and go with my friends and stay up till two in the morning on Fridays and Saturdays. Sometimes my long runs don't happen till noon. Um, and I felt guilty about that for so many years, but at the end of the day, the, this, the, um, experience I, I, you know, I have and the people I've met and, and just the life that I'm living is so, um, is so diverse and so exciting. And I don't think I could be someone that just sort of hunkers down in a cabin and runs up mountains all day. That just sounds really boring to me. Um, and I'm kind of done feeling guilty about that. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Cause I totally see the resemblance of, of me and my own life in terms of like trying to feel like feeling bad when I like miss a workout, even though like I did it at the expense of not the expense of, or I did it instead of hanging out with family, right? Like I hung out with family instead of working out one day, but I know like family is such an important thing for me and I shouldn't feel bad about it. Right. It's something that I value more. And I think that's, that's really an important part of it is just not totally beating yourself up. If you're doing something that, you know, aligns with your values and aligns with what you think is more important in life. And then another important thing from that answer, which I love too, was, you know, you, you really, you can't really have it all right. Like as long as you have something that's really important and fulfilling to you, then that should be enough, right? Because 
I think a lot of people try to do everything at once or they try to do all the things like start a business and, and have a great family and so on and so forth. But sometimes like life is a funny way of saying, no, you can't really do all that. And so instead of just asking like, how can I do it all? It's more like, how can I do the things that are important to me? And that's what mm-hmm. I really love about your answer. And so like go back on the balance thing, like, because like you have like a lot going on, like how do you find time to, uh, or like, how do you manage your time when it comes to really balancing out, you know, the things that really fulfill you in life and your job and so on and so forth? Because I think a lot of people struggle with that um, when, when they try to uh, really create a fulfilling life is finding that balance. So how do you do that in your own life? Um, I think like number one thing I've done is I used to be like even back in like Calgary, like sorry, Canada, where I'm from. It's like I used to like feel like the need to be friends with everyone and go to every event and do this and do that and um i've just sort of realized as i've gotten older that like you really only have time for you know a few a few people and like your family and your significant other and maybe like five close friends like life gets busy and i i've just really started to like declutter my life um i mean i just i keep in contact with the people that are really important to me and I don't try and be everyone's best friend anymore. Um, I like say no to things that aren't in line with my values. Um, you know, like my boyfriend and I, like we kind of stay in, like, you know, we we'll go for dinner and stuff, but we don't like, we're not like going out on the New York scene and like partying on a Tuesday night, Thursday night, which you could easily do in the city because that doesn't really align with my values. Those people like aren't really like my people, but we go out on in on the weekends with people who are, you know, just more like closer to us or good friends that we're trying to catch up with. Um, so just sort of like sort of saying no to things. I also like on even the workout side of things, like saying no to I've had to say no to like some of the marathoners that I was training with last year because I was like, as much as I'd love to go run 20 miles with you guys, like that's really not aligned with my goals. Like I don't need to throw in that junk mileage right now. So just sort of like cutting out the stuff that isn't really giving you anything that you're just like doing to like check it off a checklist or you're just obsessively doing just to like feel like you're more productive in a day. Um, also like, this is like maybe a sort of silly answer, but, um, planning and like logistics is huge. Like, especially when you're in, when you're working and when you're in a big city, when like, you know, there's traffic and it's hard to get from point A to point B, like, really planning your day so that you can like, you know, sort of streamline commutes and be more effective with your time is huge. Like I draft all my emails on the subway. And then when I get off the subway, they just like fire from my outbox. Um, So it's like little tricks like that, that just make you more productive and have more time for the important things. And I've gotten really good at like time management and scheduling and um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No, I, I think it's it's great to be proactive in life, right? And and to really think about it. and what I thought was really interesting too is how you emphasized how important it was to like cut things out as opposed to adding things on, right? Because a lot of people will think, oh, like I'm, you know, I don't have time. Like maybe I should just add on this or add on this. Like it's a lot of people I think are are conditioned and and I fall trapped to this all the time too. Is like I need to add more things in my life. But really, like once you cut down like the really the things that in life that aren't important to you and the things that you really don't need that are 
holding you back from what's important. That's like where like the happiness and the growth comes like more is like less is more is it's mm-hmm. so cliche. But I mean, I think it's so true because if you look at a lot of people, even like monks who like live lives and they don't have like, you know, much po- material possessions or so on and so forth. I mean, I know I sure as hell would never do that, but, <laughs> but I see them and they're really happy and content. And, and I think it's a lesson that, you know, less is more is, is really something that holds up in life. And that can be uncomfortable for some people. And just kind of like piggybacking off like feelings of uncomfortableness. Like how do you learn how to befriend pain and uncomfort in like difficult decisions because, or not difficult decisions, but just difficult things in life? Like how do you really reframe that as something that can help you as opposed to hurt you, right? Like whether it's cutting off from things that you know you thought were once important or maybe you want to start a business or even like becoming a better family member, right? That can be difficult for some people. So how do you, really learn to befriend comfort or discomfort and pain. Um, like as in like when you're sort of trying to make changes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, again, like I feel sorry. I feel like I'm totally repeating myself, but yeah, going back to figuring out, just reminding yourself of like what, why you're doing that and sort of the end goal. And that these are just like sort of necessary steps to get you to where you want to go. Um, and maybe not even looking at it as pain or discomfort or looking at it as just like you look at it as a Spartan race. It's a challenge. I think a lot of times if you like change your attitude towards just your choice of words with things like, oh, this is going to be so painful and just such a grind and like, uh, it's like, oh no, this is going to be like an awesome challenge. And when I'm done, I'm going to go have a couple beers and celebrate like, um, just making things a bit more positive is, I mean, my boyfriend is like amazing at this. He like, literally he wakes up every morning and I don't even know. I literally won't know if he like even slept that night. Like he might've stayed up and pulled an all nighter and worked till four o'clock in the morning or who knows. Right. I have no idea. He'll just sneak into bed. But every time he gets up, I'm like, Hey honey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? And then, like, later that day, I'll find out he literally didn't sleep. He hasn't slept. But he doesn't say out loud, I'm not doing good. I had to pull an all-nighter because of work. He verbally, like, doesn't allow himself to say those words because it automatically will put him in a downward spiral. So I think there's, like, really power to just to just not saying what you want to feel, if that makes sense. Oh my God. Yeah. Makes total sense. Like what we say to ourselves matters so much, right? Like if you're going to go into something and say, Oh, this sucks, it's going to suck. But if you go into it saying, this could be something I can learn here, or it could be really fun, right? If you give yourself those possibilities and you tell yourself that, then, then you open yourself up to a whole realm of possibilities. So I totally agree with that. And I think that's really cool. I mean, just listening to your answers, they're really like insightful and, and, and absolutely helpful. I mean, I'm, I'm actually like learning a lot, like from what you're saying and and thinking about like decisions in my own life. And it's really cool. So I'm just curious, like who, who are people who have like influenced you in your life, whether it be family members or um, maybe coaches or any figures that you've uh, met along your life that has helped you? Because I think your, your mindset is just absolutely uh, inspiring and, and really helpful, especially for people who maybe are looking to improve it. So who has been like the biggest like influencers in your in your life? Um, I would say like at a young age, my track coach, like 
saw in me that I was like a in very, very, very hard worker, almost to the point that it probably wasn't, I worked too hard that it wasn't healthy. It was obsessive and it was, and so he like really like held me back and was like, Faye, like he didn't, he didn't push me. Like I kind of grew up where I was just like, I just wanted to just be the best runner in the world. And I pushed myself so hard. I used to do insane things. Like just like a quick little story is like, if I had a bad track practice, um, my track coach used to like have to like tell my mom that Faye had a bad workout and she's probably going to torture herself because I would like go to my basement at home, lock myself in the basement and run on the treadmill as at the fastest speed and stay on that treadmill until it whipped me off the back. Because that was like my way of being like, you had a bad workout, you must punish yourself now. So I was like totally crazy. And I think that like my coaches like really tried to like teach me that like, you're gonna like, you're gonna kill yourself if you continue this behavior. And so and I don't think I ever understood like I was I kind of had the mindset like, you guys don't understand how tough I am. Um, I'll show you. But as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized like they were trying to like, teach me that like, you're human, and it's okay to have good days and bad days. And, and you need to kind of cut yourself some slack. So I'm just like now and almost 30 years old and kind of realizing these lessons that like they were right all along. So that's been kind of, I think one of my, um, kind of influencers. And the other one is my dad. He's like, like literally my whole life. He's just like every, like when I was graduating school, I was like, what am I going to do dad? Like, well, how am I going to make money? And he's like, well, what are you passionate about? Like, it was never like, well, here are the career opportunities in our hometown and the oil fields are doing really, really well. Gas prices are awesome. He was just like, well, what are you passionate about? And I would answer with like very questions like, well, I was looking at this job and it pays this much per hour. And if I get a promotion, maybe one day I'll work. And he's like, no, 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 no. What are you passionate about? He kept drilling that in my mind. And I got so annoyed. I did not, again, I did not understand what passion had to do with making a living like at all. And then as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, there was a connection there. So that was, like, another influencer. And then um, I'd say, like, just – and people do, like, people will read books and do all this sort of stuff to sort of, like, I guess, like, quote, unquote, like, self-help themselves. Um, But I don't do very much reading at all. I've actually read, like, one book in the last, like, I don't know, decades. So I wouldn't say, like, books – is something where I do, you know, that really helped me out. But I think just like talking to people, like I have a lot of friends and I have a lot of friends that do a variety of different things. Like I'm not just hanging out with athletes all day, like, and just sort of talking to people and like helping them through their struggles. And you learn something that's sort of common or similar and, and just like supporting each other and sort of having a community that's really open in terms of being able to have real conversations, um, not just talk about like last night at the bar or your last vacation, but really talking to people and be like, how are things going? Like, how are you actually doing? And I find just constantly, I have a lot of conversations like that with my friends and it's very helpful. Um, you don't need a book. You just need to kind of get out and, and talk to people. Mm. Wow. I love that. I think it's awesome because for me it's, in my life, it's been a lot of reading books and and so on and so forth, but I think they only get you so far. It's when you start to learn from other people, not just maybe how to do things right, but just how people think, right? And and how people view life 
because you open yourself up to so many different perspectives. Because you, you, even if you read a book, you know, you're still going to have your perspective and it's going to be, you're going to have a little, like sometimes have some judgments about that book. But if you can open yourself up to people and really just hear them and their stories and so on and so forth, that's when you get to really like to start to think it's like, oh, like, you know, this person sees the world this way, like maybe I should see it this way, right? Or this person's like really happy and really fulfilled in their lives. Like how do they see the world, right? Instead of just like picking up a book that's like the five-step process to having a fulfilling life, right? Because yeah, that stuff, who knows, right? It doesn't really work for everyone. So I think that's a really cool point that, that you know, you, you pointed out there. And, and just to kind of like go back to how you were saying like your dad really stressed about finding your passion and so on and so forth. So what advice would you give to someone who is saying, well, I don't know what my passion is, or to your point before, um, if they're saying I have a passion, but I don't think I can make money at it. What would be your advice to the people who are thinking those questions right now? Um, well, I think it's important. Like, first of all, like I, like I left my job once I knew my passion could make me money. So you, I think that there's something to be said by having a, a job maybe that is just that, it's just a paycheck while you chase your passion. And then it takes the stress off having a timeline for that passion to succeed because you, you still have an like ongoing revenue coming in. Um, and so that kind of just sort of makes it organically happen. Um, so yeah, I definitely like, I'm like someone who's like, yeah, chase your dreams and do all this, but like within reason and like in a smart, um, in a smart way, um, because you can't be irresponsible, especially if you have children that you need to feed. Um, you just don't have the luxury of, of being kind of quote unquote, kind of an asshole and chasing your dreams at the expense of other people's lives that are dependent on you. So I would just say, you know, in, if you don't, if you're not sure that something's going to make you money, keep your day job and chase what you want to make you money after work, on the weekends, um, and understand that if it's something that's very um, kind of cool and like an awesome job, like a professional athlete or, or like a, you know, a rock star or something like that, understanding that it, you're going to have to work so much harder than you've ever had to work because everyone wants that job. And it's, it's, it's very competitive. It's not like, you know, another job where you can just sort of like check in, check out at the end of the day, like it takes like a, a lot of work and you have to understand if it's something, if you're willing to, to dedicate those hours to it. And if you're not, well, maybe it's not as much of a passion as you really thought it was. Maybe it's just mm. something that you would rather do than what you're currently doing. So I don't know. I just think, yeah, I just think it's important to be realistic with your goals, but also understand that like it's it's a lot of work I mean I mean I haven't had I haven't had like I've been in shape like my whole life to the point that like sometimes I just like the other day like I literally broke down with my boyfriend and I was like I literally just want to like get fat for a year it's like what I'm like yeah I'm just like I'm just like tired of like being in shape like this is who I've been for so many years and I'm just like I'm just I'm just like tired like I just want to I just, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to get back to watching TV. I don't remember the last time. Like, I just could just, you know, in the evenings, just, like, veg out for hours, pig out and watch TV. I was like, I think that's what I really, really wanted to do. And obviously, it's not what I really want to do. But 
the point is, is like, it's, you're going to be tested if you're chasing your passion over and over and over. And it's like, how bad do you want it? And you, you really got to, you really got to have that answer solid or you're probably going to fail. Yeah. And to, and to go back to your previous point too, right. You got to like know your why, right. Like, why are you doing it? Right. Like, it's like, why are you pursuing this business that you want to start up? Or like, why are you pursuing this professional like athlete career? Right. Like, why are you doing it? Because uh, a lot of times I think I've met people personally who they want to start a business, but they own, they're only in it for like the money. Right. And I think it can come, that can come at like a huge detriment. And then like their why is like, Oh, like I want to make like a lot of money. Right. And it's like, not like that empowering of a why. Right. Yeah. Yeah, or exactly. it's they do something because I think it's going to give them something like, right, if I become an entrepreneur, then I'll be famous and people will like me. You know, that's the importance of like having being like intrinsically motivated than extrinsically motivated. Like there's nothing wrong with having extrinsic motivation. I mean, I definitely do um, when I race and but you need to have just as much intrinsic motivation, I think, as extrinsic to kind of be successful. And um, it's yeah, if it's just all kind of like you know, materialistic or outward, um, objectives, um, then it's just, it's very hard to sort of, um, maintain momentum and and stay focused. It really needs to come within as kind of lame as that sounds. Oh yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so important to have that intrinsic motivation because sometimes in the extrinsic, like you could start that business, but like, what if you start, all right, you started the business and you became a successful entrepreneur, but if you wanted other people to like you, you can't guarantee that, right? Like you yeah. might still be disliked among a bunch of people and it's like, okay, like shit, now what? So, but it's important to have that intrinsic motivation. Like, it's like, I want to start a business because I want to help people, right? Like that's, that's like a little better. And it's like, uh, I want to start a business because it's something that I'd love to do or it's something that's going yeah. to support my family, right? Like so on and so forth. I think that those reasons come a lot more weight. So um, we're coming to the end of the interview. So before I ask my last question, where can our listeners find you if they want to learn more about you or if they want to you know, sign up for your coaching business, um, anything of the likes, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, so I have um, my Instagram is just face stunning um, OCR. And I also have like a Facebook athlete page, face stunning OCR as well. And then you can um, sign up for our coaching um, on our website. There's a link on my Instagram page, but it's uh, www.gritcoaching.net. There's a little contact us tab there. Just uh, hit that and send us an email if you want to get started um, on some coaching. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And And I mean, just from this interview, I mean, I would say like, you would be an awesome person to have, you know, in, in someone's corner who wants to, you know, get to the next level in their training, because I I think your, your mindset is just so awesome. And I really, I've learned so much, like just from speaking with you here and it's, and this has been, you know, one of my, I think my favorite interviews that I've had so far. So I really appreciate, you know, you taking the time. And so for the last question here is what do you find most fulfilling in your own life? Um, just my relationships with people for sure. Yeah. And I would say, I would say relationships with people and like relationships with kind of the world in terms of places. Like I like, am I'm the happiest I'd say when I'm traveling to somewhere I haven't been with someone or a group of people that I really love. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what makes me the most happy um, for sure. Awesome. 
Awesome. That's great. That's great. Well, Faye, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with speak with me today. Um, this was an awesome interview, and I, I'm just so excited to see what else you're going to do uh, in, in the rest of your life and, and continue to follow you along that path. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this on this episode of The Art of Fulfillment. Remember, if you have any questions or if you want to send us a DM, our best place is Instagram at Meditation for Millennials, Twitter at Zenlennials, or our Facebook page at Meditation for Millennials. I'm Joe Corsione. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.